This is Sports Talk with Jack Wilson on News Talk 770, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. CFL week continues in Regina as, uh, you know, there was some uh, some news coming out of CFL week today. Now, again, it's been a lot of pomp and a lot of circumstance uh, for the first couple of days. Players having an awful lot of fun. I think Regina fans are having a lot of fun with CFL week. But today, actually some news as uh, some proposed rule changes were made by the Canadian Football League and the Competitions Committee. Uh, rule changes, yes, but more more like tweaks, I guess, is the, is the better way to put it. A little bit later on in the program, we're going to be hearing from Glenn Johnson, the Director of Officiating for the Canadian Football League. We might hear from Nick Lewis. We might hear from Mark Way McDaniel of your Calgary Stampeders as well. But right now, let's go to Regina because it's a real pleasure to be joined by our CFL insider from TSN. Glenn Souter joins us one more time on Sports Talk with Jock. Hey, Glenn, how you doing? I'm doing well. I've just crawled out of long meetings, (laughs) back to back. Well, you know, I I see all the fun and the frivolity going on right now with CFL Week. But, uh, yeah, you've you've been locked in with these uh, these CFL uh, competition committee uh, uh, rule meetings. Uh, Maybe take us through uh, what's gone by uh, for you for the last couple of days. Yeah, I I have the opportunity. uh, Glenn Johnson allows me and has the last few years to sit into the rules committee meetings and listen to the discussions and the process. And, um, you know, the reason for that, because I know there's other media members that would love to be behind those closed doors. But the reason for that is so that I can sort of relay that to the fans and our listeners get a chance to get sort of behind the curtain here a little bit. And um, he, he allows me to do it, and I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the meetings, just to start off with, went from 7 o'clock Monday night till uh, after 11 uh, that night. And then, re- you know, they started again early in the morning on Tuesday uh, around 8.30 and went until 9 or 9.30 or 10 that night. Um, the, the discussions and debates are very interesting and in-depth. Uh, you know, in that room, there are some tremendous football people. The level of expertise, Jock, is outstanding. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you you go uh, on quite uh, sort of di- a, a complete gamut of uh, possibilities, what could be trickle-down effects of rule changes and rule proposals that are on the table. Uh, the discussion goes in a lot of different directions that also includes uh, videotape, of specific plays that they can refer to whenever they need to um it's it's a very productive process with a room full of of great football people in minds and and good leaders too guys that understand that even though they compete during the season and off season to win games that they need to do what's best for the league in these meetings collectively and it's it's interesting to watch that that dynamic come together uh, as guys that go to battle against each other come together for the greater good. It's, it's really quite the dynamic in that room. Uh, I will say also that there were three things I've, I've done this now for a few years in a row and there were there it's, it's always the number one priority to discuss player safety in these rule changes and anything that they want to do. Player safety is first and, and uh, very, very important. Um, it, this year, it was, again, at the top of the agenda. But what was more prominent in these meetings than any other year was to balance the nuts and bolts of football with the fan experience. The fan experience and the television viewer experience, 
radio listener experience has always been there. But this year, it was emphasized in a big, big way that they were listening to the fans. They understand that some of these challenges disrupted the flow of the game this year. And to open it up the way they did, um, they understood that. And this dominated the conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, the fans are are concerned and they're listening to those fans and wanting to make sure while sticking with the integrity of the game that they really emphasize this year making sure the fan experience in the parks, the fan experience watching on TV or listening on radio were a real priority for him. Glenn Suter, our CFL insider here on Sports Talk with Jock. So, you know, great two days of discussion, getting us to today with the changes that uh, that were announced. Uh, maybe putting it in, in layman terms, how will it affect the fans? How will it affect the game? Yeah, I, you know, I think what you're going to read and probably hear for the next week on these uh, rural committee proposals, and they have to go through the Board of Governors still to be right. basically, you know, um, Pushed through, right. yeah, approved, yeah. So they've they've still got to do that, and there is that process. But their their recommendations seem minor. Um, and when I went and listened to this process and how they got there, it was quite interesting to hear that, for instance, the the one sort of contentious issue that I think fans had more than any was that a coach under the new rules put in last year could challenge illegal contact away from the play, away from where the ball was thrown. And I think that was one that was bothering a lot of fans and and may still. And that debate took up a great majority of the time in the two days of meetings. It really did. Um, there There was lots of proposals that went to great extremes in both ends. Um, it sounds a little bit when they came out of the meeting and the current proposal they have on the table now for the Board of Governors, it sounds a little bit like it's status quo, but it's not. And the reason it's not is they went over extensively the numbers that changed when coaches' challenges were attached to timeouts. That happened around week nine. And for the 11 remaining weeks of the season, that was 44 games, there were only 11 challenges for illegal contact away from the ball. Um, So that was a 50% drop from the first nine games of the year because what those illegal challenges were, our legal contact challenges were all about, were sort of fishing when your team was behind or fishing when you wanted to grab momentum and you were, you know, unsuccessful on second down you look for some sort of illegal contact to try and save you as a team and as a coach. So there was a real, uh, you know, serious discussion on how to, A, make sure that there's no fishing expeditions going on because that's not the spirit of the rule. That's not the spirit of instant replay. Instant replay was put in, as you know, to correct the glaring mistake or the glaring miscall that was on a game-changing play. Mm-hmm. It, it really was put in with that spirit in mind, and it got we got away from it as a league last year, and it, it became the replay officials and the replay booth officials were now trying to officiate the game from there, get it right or wrong, where really their role is just to clean up the glaring mistake on a game-changing play. That's their role, and that's what they're going to get back to. So... The, the challenges tied to timeouts and the fact that there was a dramatic drop, a 50% drop in challenges for illegal contact, 
they want to see for another year how that will continue to drop and how that will reflect on what could be, you know, up to 30% or maybe 35% less challenges from coaches next season on that particular penalty. And I, I really think the trends will continue in that direction based on all the information I heard in the last two days of meetings. So it, it, it looks a little on the outside like it's status quo, but it really is a positive change to, to that happened midway through last year that they want to continue to see and how it, it, it you know, sort of unfolds over a full season. The other one intriguing to me, Glenn, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but the command center could, you know, change an offside to a potential illegal procedure. Is that right? There, yeah, there will be more um, more influence, I guess is the best way to say it, from the video official. That's not the challenge official. Okay. That's different. The vid- yeah, the video official is the guy that this past season was was implemented to help the on-field official and be wired to him. So basically in real time that video official could say you said the penalty was on number 22 is actually on number 24 so make sure you get that right okay so he was correcting small things but could never call a penalty he still cannot call a penalty from the booth okay but what he can do what he can do now is correct again that mistake on the line of scrimmage and here's one that i really like jock and i think you will too this video official can now watch if a post-play fight breaks out, he can now watch all the culprits and tell the official that, or or make sure when it comes to supplementary discipline, that they get all the guilty parties. (laughs) Player X, Y, and Z. Yeah, and we saw that in a game for Calgary last year, you bet. Yeah, and, and you know how sometimes it's just that one player that retaliated or was caught on television that is, is the only player that's penalized or fined. And and you say, wait a minute, there were three other guys involved here and this just doesn't seem fair. I I think what's going to happen here, most importantly, is it will curve the bad behavior after the whistle because now every player in the league knows that you might thought you, that that little punch you threw in there in the pile when you were trying to kind of walk away nonchalantly. Yeah. Guess what? That one's going to get caught now. So, I hope that we eliminate that stuff because it doesn't look good on the league. Well, no, it's, it certainly doesn't. Uh, player safety, obviously, still a, v- a very, very big concern for the league, as it should be, uh, although there could be some tweaks to the, the roughing the passer rule. Is that right? Yeah, you know, and, and I think the, the spirit of the change here, and this is a tweak, not not really a change. Um, last year, the anything to do with roughing the passer was challengeable and anything to do basically with a hit on the quarterback. So almost all even unnecessary roughness penalties were something that the coach could challenge when it happened on the quarterback. The example they used in the meeting, and I think it's fair to say this, is it's fine to say this, as I should say, because I have to be careful <laughs> about what's said from those meetings. But one of the examples they used was a hit on Jonathan Jennings where he, he was in the pocket trying to throw, but as the pressure got to him, he kind of gave himself up, and then there was a face mask as the defender kind of ripped his face mask backwards as he was already down that's an unnecessary roughness penalty um and and not necessarily uh because it's a face mask not necessarily a roughing the passer penalty so what they did is they said in order to continue to protect the passer and again player safety being paramount here they they want to make sure that a coach can still challenge anything to do with roughing the passer hits above the neck or head or shoulders and, and up 
or knees and down, any of those hits are still under the roughing the passer. Anytime a passer tries to hook slide and gets hit after hook sliding at the right time now, can't wait too long, but at the right time, uh, again, that's a roughing the passer, and that will be uh, challengeable by the coaches. What they've eliminated is unnecessary roughness because there was some gray area and it was causing coaches to sort of challenge, even though if they weren't sure if they could, so they just cleaned that up. So, so just in summary, Glenn, and I really do appreciate your time, you know, you, you are trying to, you know, speed up the process a little bit more, make it a little more fan-friendly for the game, and, and, and just, you know, obviously fine-tune the game a little bit. That's sort of what you take away from this? Yeah, I, th- I think the, the, the sort of the term flow of the game was used okay. many, many times in this meeting. And in the last two days, I've probably heard it a thousand times. Right. It was a it was a real priority, and I think they've they've dealt with that. Now, again, you know, giving some of the drastic changes from last year one more year, I think, is also a smart thing, Jock. I mean, you, you want to make sure you have enough um, evidence and research done before you sort of flip back or change again. So, you know, their priority again, player safety. Uh, with some of these changes, but flow of the game and the fan experience dominated these conversations. The fact that challenges are tied to timeouts limits challenges. The fact that TSN will now go to commercial in 80% or more, we're going to try and get all of them, but in 80% or more of the challenges, we're going to go to commercial. Coaches can no longer wait through those commercial breaks and then challenge as we come back to live action. They can't do that anymore. There'll be a clock on them. They have to make their decision well in commercial. And when we come back, we're either challenging and have already got the decision or we're going to play. Mm -hmm. So that will speed up the process. And, you know, when you take a look at, um, you know, just, just some of the, even if you call them minor tweaks, the challenges where teams went fishing freely with contact, that has been changed enough so that, um, I think we're going to see uh, an increase in the flow of the game. That was the priority, clearly, and and let's hope let's hope it works. Yeah. I, you know, I still think, and this is just my opinion, and I'll throw in at the end here, Jock, is I, I still would like to see them get more drastic on um, the amount of challenges and also this illegal contact penalty. I'd like to see them get more drastic. That's my opinion. Right. But when I listen to the discussion from top to bottom, I thought, I think this is the right move. Give it another year. Make sure you're on top of it. Make sure the challenges are tied to timeouts because that drastically uh, decreased the amount of challenges on illegal contact. And let's see what happens after this season. I, I think they're they're moving in the right direction. Great insight as always. And now that you have finished two days of solid meetings, you can find the flow in your own game. You can actually get out and enjoy the rest of Mark's CFL week. Uh, enjoy, Glenn. Thanks so much for your time. Okay, thanks, John. Can't wait to get out there. Yeah, have some fun. <laughs> Glenn Suter, our CFL insider here on Sports Talk with Jock, just giving us uh, the update on the proposed rule changes, the tweaks that are going to be made in the Canadian Football League this season. More on CFL Week coming up a little bit later on on Sports Talk with Jock. When we come back, we're going to have our daily hookup with Kevin Smith in Global Sports. Forever a Roughneck happening on Saturday night. Tracy Koleski, captain for the Calgary Roughnecks for all those years. He's going to join us at 7.15. And then more CFL talk coming your way at 7.30. Go nowhere. Keep it locked on News Talk 770. 
Sports Talk with Jock. Weekdays from 6.30 to 8 p.m. on News Talk 770 Calgary. CHQR.